Hey everyone, welcome back to Highly Unlikely with Josh and Janae. We had so much fun launching the yeah. podcast and we loved seeing all your guys' shares and comments and what you took away from the conversation and we were just so encouraged and we love you all. We love seeing who listens and we love seeing uh, what you're taking from it. So we mm -hmm. are just really excited to do this next episode. Yeah, and we're excited for the future because I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, we're having a blast. Yeah, so we're going to start with uh, the way we always start, but pulling a question yes. from the bowl, drum roll. All right, Janae, imagine you no longer have to work. How would you spend a Tuesday? Oh my. I feel like the biggest thing people took away from the last episode was the word soft pants. <laughs> soft pants. Can that well, be the hashtag my day for highly soft pants? Um, do I, had I never still heard have them refer to as hard with pants. me if I don't have to work? Or that dictates a lot of my day. Mm -hmm. Do I have three little humans? What would you do with a free Tuesday? I mean, I don't, I'd probably go to Target. Mm. That sounds fun. I don't know what I'd do there, but probably mosey around. Walk around, have a coffee in the quiet. Yeah, I still think you're thinking day. about children. I am. I'm thinking through my responsibilities of keeping humans alive. Yeah. So you? Uh, on a free Tuesday, if I didn't have to work, I would probably, I'd want to go somewhere, I think. I'd mm -hmm. drive out of town. I don't know where to, though. We like to go to Minot or Fargo. See, yeah, we're in Bismarck. That's like a so little getaway. Yeah, we can do little getaways, but to really get anywhere, you have to drive like six hours, either to Bozeman. Like a legit place. Rapid yeah. City, Minneapolis. But yeah, we are but we pretty love it. much in the middle of not nowhere, but we're in the middle of somewhere. Yep, it's true. Hey, we just had Easter. It was yes, awesome. Last week. Yeah, lots of people, even braving the blizzard in North Dakota. Yeah, if you're not from here, we had about what, two feet of snow? We had two feet of snow. People dug out, they showed up. And then they it shoveled. still snowed on Sunday morning. It was very yes. much white out on the drive into church. Yep. And then tons of people showed up. I believe that North Dakota slash Midwesterners are some of the toughest, most they optimistic people. Are. Legit. And because it can be like blowing negative 10 and they're like, well, or maybe it's negative 10. And then people are like, well, it's not, at least the wind chill's not bad. Yeah. I mean, the wind Eternal was still blowing optimist. Friday yes. and we had like 700 adults come to church. Yeah. Lots it of was, people And people had to dig out. Yeah. People had to dig out of their driveway and they're just they're tough. tough. They're tough you people. You guys are tough. But one of the big questions, we did a response card at Easter and a lot of people asked a similar style of questions. So yeah, why don't you introduce we, today? The What we're going to cover on this episode really stemmed from what we saw on the response questions right. from Easter. And we left uh, a segment that said, like, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? And we saw a theme um, mm -hmm. across all of them and a lot of questions of like, am I on the right track? Am I doing the right thing? Like, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Have you forgiven me? Do you love me? Like all of that really is rooted in purpose. Mm -hmm. And so we am wanted I enough? to. That's like. Yeah, am I enough? Yeah. yeah, all of that. And so we wanted to really dig into that today and just dig into kind of highly unlikely purpose. And I would say even those questions stem from the heart of this podcast and mm -hmm. what we want to talk through. And we can't cover it in just one episode and we'll keep digging into it. But we're going to try to kind of start um, uncovering that today. Yeah, I, I love this topic. It's something that I go back to a lot uh, in preaching and just in talking with people because there's been verses in my life and stories and themes of my life where I feel like I've 
began to understand God's purpose, you know, and for me, that just gives a lot of life for, for other people. It's like, they want to know, you know, that they're loved or that they're, you know, but for me, I'm like, I don't know, I'm here for a reason, you know, right. and here to do something and that God has plans for me, you know, mm-hmm. in the future. And I think that's what a lot of people were asking about, like, what are, what are those plans, you know, or what is that purpose? And a lot of people wondering like, Hey, I'm doing my best. Is God even happy with me? Mm-hmm. You know? So how have you discovered that in your life? I mean, I think the biggest things are like that God has created us. I There's this great website that I love. We were just talking about it. It's called gotquestions.org. And it's literally like you can ask any question about theology and then read articles. Or just and, any question. Yeah, or just any question in life like Yeah, type, that you have. What's my purpose or what does purpose in life mean? Right. And it's going to give you like a biblical Bible answer, gospel answer to that question. And so... Uh, I, I loved, I put this question in of like, what is our purpose in life? And I loved some of the stuff that it said, like God originally created people to glorify God and enjoy fellowship with him, uh, to have good relationships with others. That's where you get like, love God and love your neighbor to work, to have dominion over the earth. Um, but ultimately because mankind fell into sin, made a decision to live in rebellion against God all of that gets disrupted and mm-hmm. we don't want to do those things. And we end up tearing those things apart rather than binding them together and doing what God originally mm-hmm. created us to do. But I think the biggest thing for somebody today is like, there's the direct will of God for your life, which a lot of people are seeking like, Oh, but I'm not a pastor or I'm not like, I'm not in a meaningful job or I don't have a lot of power and influence. So am I actually, Doesn't matter, I'd say, right. Am I actually doing what God has called me to do? Right. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about like the direct will of God for your life, but the universal will of God, number one, is that people would believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that's God's biggest thing, that all mankind would be saved. Mm-hmm. So that's like number one in your life if you're wondering about your purpose. He cares more about that than about meeting your quota at work. He mm-hmm. cares more about that than your title. He, a lot of, I think, seeking and asking What's my purpose? We have to unveil what's our motives behind asking that question. What maybe filters are we viewing it through? And do we actually understand God's heart Right. in our purpose? And is our purpose about us or is it about him? Right. Right? I, I'm just I totally here to ask agree. questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it comes back to like that original question is just what will you do with the person of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. history doesn't deny that he lived. Like his mm-hmm. disciples' lives in a lot of ways, prove that he was who he said he was. They're willing to die for who he was. And so for us to just say, "Ah, I don't know about Jesus, like he's more than that. He's not just a teacher or a prophet. Like he either was telling the truth or he was a total lunatic. And every one of us has to come to a point in our lives where we say, Mm -hmm. was he the Lord Jesus or Mm -hmm. was he a liar or was he a lunatic? Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't even remember. Somebody coined those, those terms many years ago. Maybe it was Josh McDowell or somebody like that. But um, which one was he? And every one of us has to make that decision. And then after we make that decision, there's really a greater sense of purpose, which is not just to trust Jesus, but then to live a life submitted to him. Mm-hmm. And and that's just taking every area of our life and saying, in the way I do this, in the way I work, in the way I raise my family, in the way I spend my so time, in the words I say. how to be submitted to Christ? Through his word. So what if I read God's word and I think this is gibberish, this is redonkulous? What, what do I do then? Well, I think you have a thought on that, don't you? I'm I'm honestly just like kind of playing. Maybe someone's wondering that. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a side of this that is like logical. 
mm-hmm. you know, where you can go in and you can look at who Jesus was and you can look at like the proof of the Bible, mm-hmm. like how it proves itself, how it stands up against uh, like the textual criticism of it. Against, what does that mean? Like if you stand like it me? against like other historical documents and like it proves it's itself. The validity. The like validity it's a process of, it. of proving the validity right. of a document. Right. right. And, and people say like, well, how can I know the Bible is true if it was written by people? You know, but we believe that the Bible was inspired um, by God. He just used, as he always does, people as the instrument. He used highly unlikely people. Seriously. To pen his word. And that's what's amazing about the Bible is it's all these authors. Some of them were like doctors. You know, some of them were tax collectors and persecutors of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them were shepherds, like the lowliest of society. And somehow over thousands of years, all these different things that are written, God, you know, it was divinely inspired because it all comes together into God's love story to the world, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why we just hold the Bible in, in high regard in our lives. And it's not mm-hmm. just another book. No other book yes. can do that. You know, even no other book has stayed on the bestseller list <laughs> in the way that the Bible and has. Even, it's been relevant. Yeah, even more than that, like it's divine. It's, mm-hmm. it's the Lord's and he gave it to us. How kind and loving of him to give it to us as like a compass, as a resource. And I love that in his word, it says, you know, it's living and active. And so yep. you, it's not, oh, I read it once. I'm good for life. You keep going back in the process of growing and discovering purpose. And I don't even think, man, I can get on a soapbox, but with purpose and even this question, I'm wondering how much of us asking it is because of like what the world says purpose purpose should be, or if we have an image in our mind of what purpose should look like. Because when you look through scripture, purpose is, yeah, being in line and just saying with God's will and saying, God, like, what's your heart? Mm-hmm. I want to just have your heart and then just serve and love people. And really, I would say we overcomplicate it, whether mm-hmm. it's practically we overcomplicate it, spiritually we overcomplicate it. Um, like it's supposed, is this a sign? Is this not a sign? There are some very blatant things where if you're like stressing out over your purpose, but you have not yet learned how to love your coworker. Mm-hmm. that really ticks you off, start there. Yeah, I would say that's a part of your purpose. I would like loving God and loving other people. You can maybe get annoyed at, wow, that's so simple, but you actually cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. You mm-hmm. actually cannot do that without being in God's word. There's these st- statistics behind being in God's word, like at least four times a week. Mm-hmm. We just read them yesterday. It's like, like there's a scientific difference in people's lives. If they're in the word four days a week versus a those that are done. not. And it was what like sadness um, and like mm-hmm. loneliness goes down. Like it was something like 60% viewing of pornography goes down like, mm-hmm. yeah, 40 to 50%. There was something that increased, like maybe sharing about Jesus increased like 200%. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say- It is say, living and active. Literally. Yeah. Like it, it actually has the ability to change you. And you so know? I think if you are, if you grew up around the church, if you've even known Christians or heard that of like, oh, discover God's purpose, go to his word. We're not, we're probably not going to deviate from that. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to listen to an episode, 50 episodes from now, and we're going to be like, we have now discovered- Right. What it is. No, it's going to be that same answer. But we heard someone say once, great leaders um, get excited about doing the same things. Mm-hmm. And I would say even great disciples and Christians 
you can still get excited about the word that is unchanging, but what God can do through it mm-hmm. is just like mind blowing and right. changes so much and what he can do through us and the power of that. And so I think the bottom line, like from what Josh said of like, how do we, you know, submit to God's well being in his word. Mm-hmm. If you are wondering about your purpose or stressing out about it, am I doing the right thing? Get in God's word. Look at God's word and then mirror your life after it. Let that be the mirror that you compare yourself to, not someone else, not shows or news or media. Man, if you are more connected to the world than God's kingdom and his gospel, there's no way you're going to know your purpose or it's mm-hmm. going to be super muddled because you're going to have this really American, like secularized view of what purpose means. And honestly, God's purpose for us usually looks very different from the world. We just talked about it with, or I just talked about it with our son yesterday, mm-hmm. where he made a poor decision at the cost of someone else. Um, but in his mind, what that kid did to him, they deserved what that kid had coming. And I said, but doesn't God's word, you know, it tells us to love our enemies, to bless those who persecute us. And he literally looked at me like I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, but mom. And I said, doesn't it make no sense? I just said, that's kind of sounds silly, right? Mm-hmm. And just we talked about, you can't do that, Avery. Like you can't, but God can help you do it. Right. And isn't that why the Bible like teaches us that when we don't know God's word, when we aren't living an upright life, that we are like children, mm-hmm. that we can only handle like the milk of the word and not the meat of it because there's things that God asks us to do where we go, what? Like that's, that's, yeah, you're not even there yet. That's not like in my nature mm-hmm. to handle it that way. And a mm-hmm. lot of people take that and never grow out of it. And so what they do is they read God's word according to what they want it to say or trying to interpret it into what they hope it will say rather than opening God's word and pausing and praying and saying, God, however you want to change me right now as mm-hmm. I engage with you and as I read your word, I'm willing to be transformed. I'm willing to be changed. Right. And I think oftentimes... We just have to do what it says in Psalms, like search me, reveal any wayward way within me because mm-hmm. we can deceive ourselves. We can live in self-deception of, okay, I'm praying God, like discover my purpose, but I am still going to do X, Y, Z. And because I'm not in God's word, that's X, Y, Z is sin, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to ignore that. And But I want your blessing on my finances, on my job, on my influence, right. on my... Right. Oftentimes that's what people are tying purpose to or, yeah, my marriage thriving. Well, are you honoring God in your marriage? Are you honoring God in all these areas? I mean, that, I yeah, mean, that all these one, things. One of the words that we have corrupted in American society is the word blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, like we just call things blessed that are not blessed. You know, I, I think I've mentioned this in a message before, like, you know, the hashtag. Yeah, hashtag blessed. That's what it was. And. I'm not cool enough to keep up with all the trends with the kids these days. But we've just corrupted that word Mm -hmm. because really the Bible tells us that the only thing that's blessed is what we've taken out of our hands and put in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Because God can't bless something that we refuse to surrender to him. It's not going to be blessed by God. You Mm -hmm. know, you might feel blessed, but Mm -hmm. it's only the things that we say, God, I surrender that thing to you. And people think this is a sacrifice, right? Like they look at living this way or they look at, oh, I got to read the word or I got to serve Jesus. What a sacrifice. But we've just found that, no, God, you should do this for me because I have sacrificed and I am trying. It's not based on that. But it's like, it's not, 
I'm going to sacrifice so that these things will happen. Or It's not, it's like, God, I'm going to come to you because I know that laying down what I think I'm entitled to or what I think is right is actually the way to find true life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not until you get on the other side of that like faith decision and that conviction and that resolve that you actually see, oh, this is actually the way of life. You know, I, I thought by following Jesus, it was going to be this huge sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, or living according to his word. I was going to lose all these things. I actually, when I did it, I found out I wasn't even living yet. Yeah. I think you should tell your story because I know you were raised like in church, but then, and you, you alluded it to a little bit in the last uh, podcast, but just really like that moment of realization of like coming yeah. alive in your faith. I don't, maybe you wanted to say something else about purpose. No. But. I think I'm trying to think of all the details. Yeah, I think um, I had this thought in my mind, and we always say people are on a journey, and me coming to submitting my life to the Lord was such a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to get into yours as well. I even think how you ended up as a pastor is very mm-hmm. interesting and is revealing of something you could have been very good at in another area of life, but God led you and how God led you to discovering your purpose and now and I feel like you still are and growing mm-hmm. in confidence in your purpose. I'd say that too. Sometimes we know our purpose, but we're not confident to just step into it. Like if God totally. has made you to be a killer mechanic, like you rock it, you're awesome at it, discover your purpose in that and own like, this is what God's gifted me to do. And so I'm going to trust he's going to bring the people around me through this job or through th- whatever, wherever he's placed me to reach those people. Like, I guarantee you, if he has you gifted at anything, teaching, um, what are other occupations? Marine biologist. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever it is, yeah. But it's that same thing. Like, put it in God's hands Uh and let him do more with it than you could do, you know, on your own. Start to say, like, God, how do you want to use this to glorify you? And I'm telling you, God will start leading you. He'll start opening Uh doors, right, when we truly submit something Uh to him. Yeah, or if you maybe are where God hasn't exactly, like, graced you to be, he will show you where the grace is on your life. And it takes time and a process and trusting mm-hmm. him. And it can sound all very vague and like, what is the word? Like, yeah, vague and what's this? With Ambiguous? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. For those of you listening, that was not American Sign Language that just happened. No, it was not. It was <laughs> I was um, trying to communicate with my hands in a very inefficient way. But yeah, for my story or a testimony, which is really just the story of what God has done, we alluded to living with people who um, gave me like kind of those first glances of what I would say true integrity is of being who you are on the outside of your home as who you are on the inside or wherever you go about your day, that you mm-hmm. are the same person. And on my journey, there were certain aspects of my liberties and freedom that I viewed the Christian life as extremely boring. I was going to be, I was just going to die a lonely woman because there's going to be no man that would date me because I have these boundaries and I want to honor the Lord and I'm not going to kiss anyone till I'm engaged. I'm going to be 80 with 80 cats. <laughs> was lit- Which that, there's that, nothing I'm, wrong I if say you're a cat like a joke, listening. But, but I say it as but, a joke, yeah. but that literally was the thought I had yeah. as whatever. 20-year-old Janae or 21-year-old Janae. Mm -hmm. And I would say for a season, and now I see now it was a a season of dying to self. 
and we say that, but it's that is really the process of submitting your life to the Lord is you mm. are dying to yourself and your desires and your ways. Because I was doing things, sure, they felt fun, going out, partying, trying to find validation from other things. They were fun temporarily. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, once you're past that fun, uh, the sting comes in quite harshly. And I would say I did the whole church thing and I was trying to like please God that way. And then I took a step and I went to a connect group and felt super awkward and mm. was very nervous. But I kept stepping out of my comfort zone. And then I do remember like my grandpa passing um, very unexpectedly. He actually had a heart attack while he was driving his car and died in his car. And And I was like in this process of like trying to serve the Lord, but had my one foot in the world and one foot in like God's kingdom and like trying to do both and live a double life. And I had been in in my Bible and I was living alone. And I just remember I'd read some scripture like the week before. And even like when he passed, I thought, oh, wow, like God prepared me, I feel like from what I read. Mm -hmm. And it was that first time where, yes, I was sad. Yes, I grieved. But I had a piece that I, like, actually couldn't understand. Like, Mm -hmm. I actually couldn't explain it. And so it wasn't this, like, one moment, boom, everything changed. But I feel like I would keep getting – as I pressed in and kept just taking that next step. Because you don't have to figure it all right right now. You can take that next step. And then you start to experience, truly, I would say, heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. Because, like, a piece that you can't understand, that's from God. Right. I don't know what you wanted me to say. Well, I think maybe there's somebody who's going to like take this advice and they're going to pick up a Bible or say, I want to take a first step in what Janae's talking about. And I think we would just say like, we're pretty open on the translations of the Bible that we like use. Like I preach English standard version for the accuracy of that translation of the Bible. But like, I love to read the passion translation in my own devotional time because it's just written different and it hits me different. And and so I think if you're here and you're like, how do I take a first step? I honestly would say, like, pick up a Bible and download the U version Bible app yeah, if you do not have a tangible don't Bible. Don't pick up a King James because, especially if you're young in your faith, it's just not going to register with you. And, but mm-hmm. yeah, and open up the book of John. You know, John mm-hmm. really writes as one who got to walk really closely with Jesus and they had a relationship where they loved each other. You know, they cared deeply about each mm-hmm. other. And it's kind of written from that place of like affectionate friendship. Yeah. yeah, so also NLT is kind of been my go-to new yeah. um, new living new yeah. living translation. Very good readability and also very good accuracy. Um, but even in reading John, that is where so reading John, it's not about him. It's mm-hmm. about God. The Bible is about God. Right. It's not about us. It's about God and His love for us. Mm-hmm. So that's how we have to view our filter as we're reading it as well. Um, So you'll learn about Jesus and learn who he is, and you'll see the image of the invisible God. But also I would say, like, reading either with John or maybe after, like, if you read Ephesians, it very much defines, like, who are you as a child of God? What does God think of you? What are his thoughts towards you? So I think, too, yes, you'll learn about Jesus, but also then you go to Ephesians, and I think it's just jam-packed with key verses for identity as a believer and when you're rooted in your identity in Christ, your purpose can become very evident. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, for those of you, let's just talk about it real quick because we're talking a lot about the Bible today and just understanding Scripture. And if you open up a Bible to page one, you know, or to the first book, you're going to start in Genesis and you're going from the origins of the world, creation, you know, through to Malachi. That's what we call the Old Testament. And um, it's in those books that the whole history of Israel and of God's Word is contained. But if if you're opening up to read today and you open up to John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four different accounts of how people recorded Jesus' lives. So sometimes stories vary a little differently because different facts were captured or somebody had a different audience in mind. You know, one was writing to Jewish people. One was writing to just anybody who is going to read even outside of Israel. Um, and so you'll see different views of like how they captured what Jesus did and, and what they chose to emphasize. Some emphasize conversations, some emphasize the miracles that Jesus did, proving that he was the Messiah. And, um, and then you get into the letters from people in the early church, like Paul wrote the majority of what, this is now the New Testament from the book of Matthew to Revelation. And Paul uh, wrote a lot of that to the early churches, teaching them how to actually live a godly life. And so he's dealing with false teaching. He's dealing with what the church should look like. He's just writing about a Christian lifestyle and teaching mm-hmm. us how to live. And that's the last like third of your Bible. So you're you're not going to get to that part right away when you open the first page. And that's why we try to instruct people like start with John or start in the, in the New Testament, those mm-hmm. last books rather than maybe in Genesis. You know? I think it is hard now because we almost have too much resources available totally. to us because you could go and be like, oh, I'm going to buy a Bible. Well, there's like chronological Bibles where, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you you can read it from start to finish and it goes in order. And you might be like, wow, why did I read this exact same story three times? Well, because it was recorded three times through scripture, but you're reading it chronologically. Right. There's those things where, and if we're saying this and you're like, you are way over my head, you know yeah. what? You're not alone. Yeah. And even when I came to know the Lord, I referenced this last episode, but anything I know about scripture was because... I choose to dig in and I choose to like ask questions and I got a study Bible and I didn't always have people that were willing to sit down with me and, and, um, field my questions. But I would even encourage you if you have a believer around you, a strong believer to ask to get coffee or if you have questions, um, I think of Gail, who's sitting in the room with us right now. And when we would get together and go through scripture and I remember once we read a, I think we were in like first Corinthians or something. And she asked like, what does this verse mean? And it's good even as a believer, if someone asks you those questions, because I remember saying, I don't know, but I'm going to go home and I'm going to research it. And I'm going to talk to Josh about it too. And I'm going to dig in. And so even, yes, we need to have an answer for the hope that we have as believers, but um, it's okay to say you don't know and take the time to research that and dig in. But questions are good Mm -hmm. because the Bible can withstand the questions yeah, that good. you have. And maybe you don't know a strong believer. There's somebody you think is one, but you're not sure what you're looking for. That's why groups are important. Bible studies, connect groups, mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. involved with other people. Yeah. I think before you finish your story, I think you should talk about just your sense of purpose in regards to you got out of high school. Yeah. I mean, you thought about playing college sports, ended up going into physical therapy. Yes. As a degree. Was oh, that where you wanted me to go with my and, story? No, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm drawing it out of you. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, but oh, then, totally. But then to becoming a mom. Yeah. And being like, oh, is my purpose now supposed to be all this? Yeah. You know, I'm a bad mom if I'm not 100% yep. that. 
Um, and now, you know, being on staff at the church and, and the role <laughs> right. you have here and just how that's changed. Okay. No, that's great. Yeah. I was, um, my identity growing up was sports, um, mm-hmm. success and sports and pleasing people. Small town class B. Hey, North Dakota. that's right. That's, mm-hmm. that's, it was like, yeah, can I be, yeah, the eighth grader that makes varsity, you know? I mean, that was like the purpose. And mm-hmm. that's what I, I think it kept me out of trouble too, because, um, I didn't drink in high school, not because I thought it was right. I was actually afraid to get kicked off the team, and I love sports too much. So in the moment, I look, I'm like, man, I'm thankful I loved sports so much to keep me out of other different kinds of trouble. But um, that was my identity. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wanted – I was, like, looking at college sports. I was looking at Mary here, and, and like, my dream was never going to happen in what I, like, dreamed of as a little girl. But then I – was in like we were in districts, I think, for volleyball, and I went up to hit and came down, and I've had very weak ankles, and so I had two ankle braces on, but it the ankle brace like snapped and broke, and I broke my ankle, and so that's right at the end of volleyball, and I just remember being like everything that I thought that I was mm-hmm. gonna do just like flashed before my eyes, and now I look back and I say thank you Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and just realize even if bad things happen, it's not that God did it to you, he allowed it to happen, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't ever allow anything to happen. That's not going to refine us or draw out, um, make us better, um, as people, if we pursue it the right way. Can I say something about that? Cause I think there's a lot of people in that situation where maybe the dream has fallen apart Mm -hmm. or died. And I was thinking today, and I might mention this in a weekend message, but it's often friction that creates progress Mm -hmm. and we don't like friction, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about a little chick in an egg, very comfortable. You're so good at analogies. Probably very happy in his little egg, you know, and then all of a sudden he finds that he's pecking on the same wall that he's probably pecked on for weeks before and he breaks through. And now a whole new world is opened mm-hmm. up of both good and bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes our lives are that way. You know, even to create mm-hmm. heat or to create energy takes friction. Mm-hmm. And in our lives, we often hate that friction of like, man, the dream has died. or Because I went through a similar thing coming out of high school. And we hate that friction. We think it's the end of, it is maybe the end mm-hmm. of the world that you knew, but it's mm-hmm. not the end of the world. No. Because if you could be moving into something. if you place your identity in it, it right. will feel like the end of the world. Right. And that is where if you're in a place of hopelessness right now, man, you, hope is not lost. Like God is not done with you, mm-hmm. you yet. He has a plan and a purpose. It may look different than what you imagined. And so just take with reality what is reality today and just take whatever next step you can. Yeah, and it's okay to grieve. Yes. You know, life in the shell. Uh-huh. And saying, okay, but now I'm going to turn and look at what's around me and de- determine how do I move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. And God yeah. always gives a guide. He always gives people. He always gives his Holy Spirit, mother hen, you know, to yeah. help you navigate mm-hmm. the new season. Yeah, and so that changed, I would say, changed the trajectory of my life because I didn't mm-hmm. go and do college sports. I didn't all these other things. Um, and then I wanted to go into dentistry and I was very proud that I'd like made that decision very young. And I was like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to make a lot of money. That mm-hmm. was my goal. Um, which not a great goal in life, but got into school, realized I hated that and kind of spent a floundering year of like, God, yeah, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Ended up shadowing for a PT and then realized, okay, this is what I love. And what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. But in the middle of all that was finding Jesus. And I actually, the church that changed my life, I went to 
because I lived with a girl whose sister went there and she invited us. And I just kept going by myself after it. Yeah. See, fun fact, like two thirds of people that don't go to church would come if somebody would invite them. Yes. And she didn't just invite, she went with us and like sat with us. And then she was still there when I kept going. Hmm. And so, yeah, encouragement to you, man, invite that person that's around you. Um, But yeah, I went into PT and we alluded to this the last um, podcast too, but so worked my tail off for a doctorate of physical therapy and then married Josh, ended up in Bismarck and started in PT. And then we um, ended up getting pregnant with our first son within like our first, right on our first year, one mm-hmm. year, like anniversary. Um, we still aren't sure. Like we're very thankful, but I'm not sure if those tears were like tears of joy or if we were totally freaked out when we found out we were pregnant. Yeah. I think a it's just unknown. Yeah. Um, totally unknown. And, and unknown is, yeah, can be when we were young. So yeah. um, then in that, yeah, I thought I was going to be a working mom, felt a conviction otherwise to stay home. And I've kind of said, I feel like I've been in an identity crisis since I became a mom. But I really feel like all I've done is press in and been like, okay, God, in this season, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And it's looked very differently. Like I was home 100% for a year. That refined me. I feel like everything God's led me to has actually refined me the most. Mm-hmm. And even now, in what I'm doing, it's a very refining process. And refining means like he's taking away, he raises things to the surface and then takes away those impurities. Right. But all of it came through like tears and pressing into the Lord, God, what do you want me to do? And I've, this is just how I've done it. Mm-hmm. But I've just always said, God, give me that peace, that peace I talked about the yeah. first time with my grandpa passing. Like I had that peace that surpassed, it under, surpassed my understanding and once I felt that and I knew it was from God, that has been my indicator. Mm-hmm. So even one day we're going to get into our story of adoption. That's literally how we led. We're like, God, lead by your peace. If yeah. we have this peace, we're going to keep taking steps forward. And so that's just how I've prayed. And then I've just taken a step because God can't steer an idle ship. Mm-hmm. But then take a step and be trying to discern, do I have God's peace? Do I? Because God is not a God of chaos. Mm-hmm. And if you have chaos in your life, I would go as far to say you maybe need some principles from scripture applied to your life to help bring the peace of God or his presence can bring that peace period. Right. And that's where, when you get into those turbulent moments, the the will of God and the purpose of God comes through his word. It comes through wise counsel, mm-hmm. you know, and other people it can come through professional help. Mm-hmm. Like it comes to us in a variety mm-hmm. of ways. And sometimes the thing God's, God leads you to, you maybe don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Did I want to marry a pastor? No. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did I want to lead a very big church, bigger than my hometown? Nope. But if you're submitted to him, you're going to say, okay, you led me here. What do you want me to do with it? And I'm going to steward it as best to my ability. And so things have come out like, okay, no, I can lead this. Mm-hmm. Okay, God has equipped me to do this. Yep. And even like at our women's conference, um, I spoke at a session. But if you rewind, when we started eight years ago, I spoke at our women's event. And that woman spoke out of the pressure of people being like, well, you're going to speak, aren't you? You're the leader. Mm-hmm. I don't know if God told me to do that. I think as I saw him, I think it was from him what I said. But now this year at conference, I felt a deep conviction to do yeah. a section. Yeah. I'm not slotted for next conference because I don't feel that deep conviction. Like 
we need, I think, even in our purpose, mm-hmm. our fear of man has to die. Yeah, for sure. Because your purpose will be muddled if you care what other people think. Right. I remember someone saying, Janae, you are dumb to not do your degree. You only did that for like two years. And now you're going to work at a church? Mm-hmm. That's dumb. And it was like, okay, thanks for your opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, but the conviction and fear of God. And what God was saying. Has to outweigh fear of man. Yeah. And so. I've, if I could summarize your journey from high school volleyball player, I didn't know that girl, but now through to where you are today, the phrase that I've heard you use often in this conversation is like the purpose of my life is to be in union with God. Yeah. And you've referenced that, like seeking him, a conviction from him, like mm-hmm. all those things of your purpose flow from a desired union with God mm-hmm. and a living union with God where he's directing. Yeah. And that takes, I think, so much of the pressure off of like, yeah. he will direct your steps, you know, mm-hmm. uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, you know, and he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you're in him, you don't need to stress. We might just keep going on time and flip this and split it into two episodes. Okay. Because we haven't even gotten to your story yet. Well, I think and we're we going can, to. Yes, we can do that. Um, but or we can let's just wrap this one. <laughs> Shake on it. Let's just wrap this one uh, because this has been a good conversation about purpose. And then I yeah. think my story can emerge more when we talk about even leadership or how um, the season that we went through right. later on. Right. And okay, well then we'll I'll finish my thought. Then yeah, finish your thought. So if we are created in God's image, and when we accept Christ, we have the Holy Spirit living inside us, like how gracious that God would give us that. We get a mm-hmm. taste of heaven on earth. So once you accept Christ, why I say union with God is because that is like what we were created to be. Like he created the garden. When you read in Genesis, he created this yeah. perfect place for union with him. And there was no sorrow and there was no sin and it was perfect. That is what he designed for us to have with him. Original design. Yes, yes. or the original design. And through sin and the fall, Now the world and what's around us every single day comes and tries to assault and fracture our union with God. That can be even things that are good. Like my kids try to come in and fracture my union with God, even in regards to my time. Or like I can be tempted through my kids to get angry, to Mm -hmm. be impatient. And so I need to choose to create and foster a union with God through yeah, prayer, worship, time mm-hmm. in his word. So literally as a believer, I would go as far to sum up finding your purpose and everything and like, what is even my purpose for the day? Union with God. Yeah. Start there. Yeah. And what you're always going to fight is there's something in us that often wants rebellion, you know, that wants to rebel, go our own way. And it's choosing, no, I'm going to, I'm going to seek union with God rather than my own rebellion. Like that's even the pattern of scripture. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out. Yeah. And it's because you have an enemy of your soul who hates you that will bring up every little thing into your mind, will bring up every little thing. Yeah. And just the lust of our flesh, Mm -hmm. you know, and the things we desire, the lust of our eyes, the things we see and having to say, no, I won't live in rebellion against the one who created me. I'm I'm striving for union with him. I would even say you can live in distraction. Because the enemy doesn't need to get you to say you don't believe in Christ. He just has to distract you from having union with him because then you can't even operate out of confidence that I have union with God. So I'm not going to stress about this decision or this next step because I'm just, I know I'm close with him. Oh, yeah. Like, 
I think that's the thing is we are so in this like works-based, I have to do all the right things and then my purpose will be realized. No, just get with, like stop overcomplicating it. And then either God's sovereign or he's not Mm -hmm. and just have confidence in like, I am close to my creator. I I have nothing to prove and I have nothing to lose because I'm in Christ. And so I don't have to prove anything to God. I just have to come with a pure heart. And then, yeah, I can make that decision at work and trust that God's giving me wisdom. I don't have to sit, stress out and worry because God tells us not to worry. Yeah. I mean, we make it too complicated. To me, that comes back to, again, Jesus being baptized, right? Hadn't done anything, no works. And still God says, this is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. Mm -hmm. We know that we have the affection of God for God so loved the world, all people. Mm -hmm. He loves people that he gave his only son, right? So we Mm -hmm. have the love of God. And it's when we surrender our life to Jesus, when we trust him, that we get the affirmation, the identity of God. Mm-hmm. When we make that initial universal part of God's will, uh, God's purpose for our lives is our surrender to him, then the identity of God takes root in our hearts and in our lives, and the affirmation of God comes, and he says, mm-hmm. well done, that's my kid, way to go. Mm-hmm. And just knowing for some of you, you need to know that you're good. Like, you don't have to strive. You don't have to do all these things for God to love you. Yeah, You know, He he already does, and he cares about you because of the work that you've allowed Jesus allowed Jesus to do in your life. Yeah, I'm trying to find that scripture reference. Why can't I find it? It's okay. No, Look it I up. Want it's to. in it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We talked about it the baptism of Jesus. But I think mm. the power in going and reading it. We don't want you to sit and listen to this. Right. And she's like, "Oh, cool." And walk away. Reading the story of the baptism words. Baptism of Jesus. Mm-hmm. What Josh just said can actually become a reality in your life. And you can look at this and be like, oh, my word, that's true. Jesus had done nothing in regards to like good works and striving and all this stuff mm-hmm. that, and he's baptized. And God says, this is my son. I love him and I'm well pleased. And he's looking at you and he's saying that to you. And so I just want to remove that pressure of, oh, I got to work and I got to do. And then Maybe my purpose will be realized or I'll be good enough for God. You're A, you're not good enough for God, mm-hmm. but you are loved greater than you can even fathom by yeah. God. And it's because he's a good and gracious God that he chose us and he loves us. But yeah, I think going and reading that would be really powerful. But I li- this is why I need my paper Bible because this is not, this is failing me. Technology is failing me right now. And no, I don't have it memorized off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it's uh, Matthew 3. Beginning of Matthew. Yeah, and it is in like each gospel too. So Matthew 3, I think it's in Luke 3 as well. Great application today (laughs) on the purpose of God. Read about Jesus being baptized. It's before he had done any public ministry um, and and still what God said about him just because he was submitted to his father. Mm -hmm. And it's an example of what God, how God views you. Totally. So powerful. Yay, highly unlikely purpose. And we're going to keep digging in in more detail. And yeah, we're going to get to, I feel like I've talked a lot, but that's also the nature of us. It is. Yeah. And we're going to get into your story and how God's led you. And I just want to remind you guys, we are just normal, broken humans Mm -hmm. that we're like, we always say, we're just the lucky suckers that get to be a part of what God's doing. And so there is nothing special about us other than 
we're just taking what God's taught us and trying to get it out there so that each one of you can learn to and grow and serve Jesus and grow closer to Jesus. And that's our hearts. Yeah, it's so good. Thanks yeah. for sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for prompting me with good questions. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and just tuning in and listening to us talk and just uh, openly kind of just discuss these right. things. And um, we're highly unlikely people, and, and we're trying to just show you that, that our lives weren't anything necessarily special. And uh, we know there's some people, you know, many people who are listening right now that God is calling you to be a highly unlikely person, mm-hmm. to do highly unlikely things, um, maybe in a highly unlikely place. And so mm-hmm. thanks for listening. If Make sure you subscribe um, wherever you can listen to podcasts, share it with your friends. Uh, also, we want to hear from you guys. So I know our Go Evangel Instagram shared like a question box. We're going to do a Q&A session mm-hmm. in, I don't know how many ep- episodes kind of down the road, but we want to hear from you. Like, yeah. what are you wondering about? We had a couple really great questions submitted. So like and subscribe and share with your friends. And then, yeah, we love to hear from you and what you love about the episode. So thank you so much for tuning in and leaning in. And until next time. Yeah, see you next time.